You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on MyTalk 1071 and also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I am Miss Shannon and I am happy to be with you every episode as we use our panel of rotating experts to make your life just a little bit easier and give you some information that you might have meant to look up or you had just enough information to make yourself dangerous. We clear all of that up for you and especially today because joining us today from Sheridan and Doulas, Jeff Sheridan is here, our criminal uh, attorney. Good morning, uh, Michelle. Yeah, good morning. And so am I am I using the correct nomenclature for what you do at Sheridan and Dulas? Because I know that you guys have a full suite of different legal uh, products and services that you can provide for our mom show listeners. That's correct. I do uh, uh, almost exclusively criminal defense work. A uh, large majority of that is in the area of uh, de- drunk driving defense. Um and a little bit of aviation law because I happen to be a pilot. So. Ah, okay. That all makes sense. And so we always encourage people to call in and be part of the mom show. The number is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And I remind people that we do have a uh, suite of information that we are going to cover today. It may apply to you, but we do encourage you to make sure that this is not specific legal advice, what you're hearing today. We encourage you to make sure that you go and get your specific questions or concerns and you make an with an actual attorney and talk to a lawyer um, and don't just run off based upon the information that we have today. Absolutely. Any little fact can change one scenario into, uh, you know, a completely different scenario. And and so we're going to talk very generally here today. Right. And one of the things that we do bring up quite often here when you uh, come in and you join us on the mom show is that there's a reason why you guys do these initial consultations and you do talk to people and just kind of free them up from the emotional burden and all of the stress of trying to figure this out on their own. Yep. And this is, you know, the, the, the law is very complicated. The, all the statutes that exist in Minnesota are probably like 60 volumes long. It's right. extremely complicated stuff. Uh, we went to school for a very long time and we've been practicing in our firm for a very long time, trying to get better at all of those things. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as I tell all my clients, you know, you come in, you hire me, you've paid me to start worrying about it so yes. you can stop. Right. Cause I'm way better at worrying about it. My, <laughs> my worrying is actually productive worrying Fair as enough. opposed to yours, which is just keeping you from sleeping, which right. is not productive at all. And the other thing that works very well when they contact a firm like yours over at Sheridan and Dulas is that you can go, okay, well you came in for this particular concern but because you have a variety of different lawyers there you can go well i'm going to help you with this but you need someone that can do this as well correct so you can dovetail into all of those things often something that that started out as a civil dispute becomes a criminal matter somebody comes in with a criminal matter that arose out of a civil dispute that if you you know if only we could fix the civil side of this right we we could stop ending up here charged with you know whatever uh, too many too many Chevys up on blocks in your backyard, right. you know, I mean, you can only have one, you know, so let's, <laughs> let's figure out a way to get the rest of the Chevys out of there. Right. Well, when you were back in the day deciding what kind of attorney you were going to be, 
you know, when you were wee Jeff Sheridan and you decided, (laughs) (laughs) what made you decide to go into this field, Jeff? You know, I always wanted, I always had an interest in criminal law, but Mm -hmm. when I was, when I started law school, my, my plan was I was going into school. I was going to come out. I was going to be a prosecutor. Okay. I was going to prosecute for a number of years and then I was going to be a judge and that was it. That's, that's all I wanted to do. And I got my first job in the federal public defender's office where, you know, you're actually hands on helping people whose lives are at stake, right. uh, literally in some cases. Um, and, uh, you know, I did that for, you know, I worked for Dan Scott over at that office for probably two years. And that was it for me. I, right. I was never going to prosecute. Uh, you know, I realized I'm, I'm I just I'm not cut from that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'd much rather help individuals. So that's I launched into that and have never looked back. Well, speaking of helping individuals, we're going to talk about uh, some criminal issues based upon uh, the family perspective today, right? Yep. We're here for the mom show. So these are things that moms ought to know. <laughs> right. And I love what you, when you sent this over to me, you're like, what to do when your kids get popped is what you call this. <laughs> That's what we call it. Right. So, Jeff, when you were sending this over and you were deciding that this is what we we're going to talk about today, does this something that comes up on a regular basis? It does all the time. We have young people in our office, uh, you know, whether they're minors or, or, or just uh, graduated uh, into adulthood. Right. And, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, becoming an adult meant something when you turned 18. Uh, yes. You know, and uh, you could in Minnesota, it was the drinking age. You could you could drink for the first time. Uh, and uh, now you get to drive when you're 16. You don't get to drink till you're 21. Right. And 18 really doesn't mean anything <laughs> except for one thing, right. and that is you've just moved from juvenile court to adult court. Gotcha. Right? So, yes. And, and now the things that used to go away never go away. All right. All right. Yeah. And so, and I bet you when you're dealing with uh, families on an individual basis, it really does come down to, we didn't know that this was going to be such a big deal. Yeah. You thought that they could just kind of just weather this particular storm on their own. You know, the, the problem that, that, that parents face here is that there is a real tension between your parental instinct, which is to have your children suffer the natural consequences of the stupid stuff they do. Because you want them to learn on you, their own. Exactly. Okay. And, and we learn that as uh, in parenting class, that right. this is, you gotta, you gotta give them enough rope to, to, to learn the natural consequences right. of what they do, which when we were kids, that, that was fine because right. every stupid thing you did either stayed between you and the vice principal of the school or <laughs> right. stayed between you and the, you know, the juvenile court judge. Uh, but we grew up in an era when there was no such thing as the Internet. There was right. no such thing as social media. There was not, uh, you know, a high stakes game of college admissions going on where, you know, if you didn't have the half million dollars to get your kid into school, right. you might have to do it the old fashioned way. <laughs> and like, study and do yeah, all these other right, things. Yeah. And have a clean, have a clean record, right. a clean uh, disciplinary record coming out of school. And the, the, the tail on the things is so long now right. uh, that, that I really, I have to encourage my clients, parents uh, to fight that instinct to just let the natural consequences play out because mm-hmm. the natural, con- the, the internet uh, enhanced natural consequences today uh, are things that some kids will never overcome. Okay. And I think um, when you were uh, sending us this information, it seemed like there are these things that where you go, well, this will be that, that scared 
straight or scared smart opportunity for your kids. And that's why you kind of want to take a step back and go, well, me just saying the words isn't really going to be as impactful of them having to actually deal with the police or going to court and doing these type of things. Correct. And that's, you know, and because we're, we're, we're in a mindset of what things were like when we were kids. Right. And when we were kids, like I said, it was between you and the vice principal there. When I went to high school, I, I went to high school in a pretty rough area, mm-hmm. but there was not a police officer in the building. There right. wasn't a, there wasn't a, you know, a liaison police officer who worked there in right. the building every day. Uh, and so the stuff that was minor was never even known to the state, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. to the, to law enforcement. Uh, and now that's just not true. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the, every time somebody does something silly, uh, it's not just the vice principal sitting in the office, but it's a it's a sworn police officer as well who's going to file a police report. And right. Once that happens, you have now lost control of everything. And then you were saying also that because of the way that the Internet has made it so much easier for you to find this information, um, a lot more um, organizations and, and like colleges and, and employers and things are searching all of these things before they even let you in the door. Sure. And uh, they have access to everything, you know, and we we try to teach our kids about social media and what you do and don't put uh, on Facebook. Right. And what you do and don't put on, you know, all the other uh, um uh, social media platforms right. that are out there mm-hmm. because they live forever. They're cached there. They, you know, somewhere in the cloud right. uh, is every stupid thing we've ever said or done and then decided it was so funny that we needed to upload it to Facebook. Um, and then even if you delete it, somebody might have had a screenshot well, of it. You yeah, never know. Things yeah. are just not gone these days. That's that's the nature of the cloud, I'm afraid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the cloud lives on. So. Well, when uh, when families come to you, what is the the just I know that, again, this is probably very broad. But is there are there certain generalities where it's usually A, B or C that you see most often? Sure. I think the, the first uh, probably the first thing we should talk about is that, of course, Parents teach their kids to be polite right. and to be respectful of people who are in authority. Uh, and they expect the kids to take that lesson and carry it forward with them. Right. Um, and so when a person in authority asks your son or daughter a question, you expect your, and the, the kids have sort of, you know, internalized that they should be respectful and respectful means you should answer the question without really thinking about. Right. Just what? be honest in quotes. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the police play off of that. They okay. know that that is the lesson that they're getting at home. And don't think for a minute that police aren't going to be very happy to take advantage of your socialization uh, to uh, answer the, any question put to you by a police officer and, to, of course, to always tell the truth. Right. Well, when we get back from the break, Jeff, why don't we go ahead and go into that a little more deeply and give uh, parents some advice on what they should do when they are counseling their kid on what they should uh, if they do end up in one of these scenarios. Is that OK? Sounds great. All right. And we'll also take your questions. The number again is 651-641-1071. We're talking to Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Dulas and taking your questions here on The Mom Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming and podcastable at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon in studio as well this morning. We have Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Dulas, and we are talking about what to do when your kids get popped. So, you know, we, you know, in the first segment, uh, Jeff, you were sharing that a lot of times 
you want to, as a parent, have this be a life lesson moment where it's like, oh, okay, you shouldn't do this. And here's what consequences are. But you're like, these consequences are a lot deeper than you would think. And sometimes you're saying, uh, we said right before we went to break is that our natural response when we're in these scenarios is to basically spill our guts, to be polite, spill our guts, just tell them whatever. How could it possibly hurt you? And you go, that's not the case. Well, it's not the case. And, right. I, you know, the I, I suppose, you know, if you're a parent, you're trying to decide what is the right way to go about this. The one thing that 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 we instilled in our kids and I, I think are is a is an equally valuable lesson is that when you get yourself in trouble. Right. Call us first right okay okay that'll help a lot with all of these uh, uh these issues because you know for everything you've taught your kids you've also learned a lot in your own life right. about that you know just because the police are there talking to you doesn't mean they're really there to help uh, <laughs> they they might be there for some other reason right and uh and you, you know, as the parent, your ability to step in at that and, and, and in the juvenile world, that's an absolute right that you have. The child has the right to have a parent present during anything that's going on. And so I guess to try to counteract this, let let's just let the natural consequences fall where they may. Right. The the added dose of. But if you ever find yourself in the presence of the vice principal and a police officer, you call me first. Right. Okay. Because, and then you tell them, I'll talk, <clears throat> I'll talk to you when my mom gets here. Yes. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Or when my dad gets here. Uh, and that will save a lot of grief, if for nothing else, that the child will have the time it takes to, for you to get there to process uh, what's going on. Because it is in the moment that we've instilled this respond because a, a person of authority asks you and always tell the truth. And maybe you're already in trouble as a child. You're going, I'm already in trouble. I don't want my mom or dad to know as well. And, and making them understand yeah. it's like, I'm going to find out anyway. And you need to, you know, I'm here to help you more than anybody else is. So probably having that conversation preemptively Absolutely. is good for you as a family anyway. Absolutely. Okay. And, and you, your kids need to know that you got their back, no matter what stupid stuff they did that you got their back right. and, that, and that you are the first call that they should be making. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to preach that kids want to hide the stuff they did. That's a, that's a sort of a survival instinct. Right. That they I don't want to deal with this when I get home, too, or they're going to be so mad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm so clever. I'm so smart. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to deal with this here. I'll and my, my mom or dad are never going to hear about it. <laughs> right. Like, Which that's is, not going to help. Yeah, it isn't, right. isn't going to help. And it isn't true <laughs> right. Right? because the police, even if they even if you interview with the police, the police have to tell your parents that right. they just talked to you. And now you just made it worse. Right. And so you're and, you know, it, it's an instinct that isn't just in kids. I can't tell you the number of people I've represented over the years who get in trouble again and because they're embarrassed by the fact that they got in trouble again, don't call me Ah, okay. Uh, and go ahead and do the things, you know, whatever the police uh, are asking of them. So they get into this, I can handle it mentality well, I, instead of the, I should get help. I think mentality. it's, I think it's more based on embarrassment okay. that they're, that they're embarrassed. They got caught, that they did something dumb. Uh, and now they're embarrassed about it and they, they're ashamed Okay, and they don't want to, they don't want to tell me. Right. And I'm like, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm your lawyer. Just, I'm going to learn all about this anyway. Right. And, uh, that's yeah. what you keep me around for. Is right, that what you exactly. look at them like? That's why you pay me, right? <laughs> right? You know? 
And I was, I was, you know, if I get stopped by the police and they ask me a question like, "How fast were you going?" and I, my response is always, "My lawyer has told me never to answer that question." Oh, okay. And, and they look at me, and of course, I'm in my suit, and clearly, you know, <laughs> you and, have a lawyer written all over you. They're, they're looking at my driver's license. They're like, "Your lawyer told you that?" I'm like, "Dude." That's, I have a lawyer as well. Exactly. Okay. I pay that guy a lot of money for his advice. I figure I ought to follow it. He so, told me never to answer that question. So is that in general the the way that we should, it, it, if we're parenting uh, and we're not trying to be a helicopter parent, but be a prepared parent, is it uh, as we are going, here is the moral compass we would like you to use when we're not around. Don't do this. Don't steal. Don't break any things. Don't, do, don't, don't use this drug. Don't do that. We don't want you to do that. If you do do that and you ever get questioned, the answer is always, I need to talk to my mom exactly. <laughs> or my dad. Yep. And you it's, know. you know, the Call same. Call my mom. Right. And okay. it's the same with kids. You know, you, I mean, when, when, you're, when your kids are young, you expect that they're not going to drink. Right. Okay. But the one thing that I want far above don't drink is that if you drink and if you're about to turn the key in your car, that you stop. Right. And you call me. Yes. And I know you don't want me to to learn that you were out driving or that you were at a party at a, Mm -hmm. you know, and that you were drinking at a particular party. But you have to work on that part of your relationship. I will come get you. No matter what time, no matter where, when, I will come and get you no matter what. Right. I will keep you safe. And this is the same it should take place in that same conversation. If you find yourself in a situation where police officers are asking you questions, I will come and sit by you. And I may not let you answer the questions. Okay. Fair enough. Even though I've told you to be polite and to respond to people of authority, I will intervene as your protector. And I suppose you go with that. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you're not the helicopter parent, but maybe you're the tiger mom, right? Right. Who are going to say, you know what? That sounds like a path. You're 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 starting my kid down a path that they're not going to be able to turn back from. And until I have competent legal counsel, my kid isn't answering that question. Right. I don't mean to be rude. I'd be very polite about this. Uh, you know, and there are very few circumstances when you're dealing with a minor mm-hmm. where you don't get to leave and take that minor with you. Okay. Just by uttering those words, we're leaving now. I may let him speak to you later, but we're going to talk to a lawyer first. And I think all of us have, you know, even when you have the smartest, most, you know, quote unquote, mature kid, you're still like, I look at my kid. I'm like, you do not have it together. You think you do. (laughs) You know, he's 11. He super thinks he's got it all handled. And I'm like, you don't you're you're smart, but you're not wise. They just got here and they don't realize that. Well, they don't. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, especially in boys, because right. they're they're the, the they take the longest for their prefrontal cortex to mm-hmm. light up and, and be functioning. properly. Right. They don't have sense enough to be <laughs> no. to, to protect themselves in in a situation where everybody else is looking at it going, oh, yeah, you could have seen that coming a mile away. And he's just looking at me like it's not a big deal. I'm like, it's a <laughs> stop it. I'm a no. giant buzzkill for a reason. <laughs> exactly. So, Why I was put here on this earth is so to kill the, your buzz. <laughs> right, exactly, to kill your buzz. That's Sorry. why I exist. So, Jeff, is it so the so we're saying that the general answer should always be you should just counsel your kids if anything happens, if any authority figure wants to talk to you about whatever. So even if it's a uh, a, a scenario where it's just the principal, if they start and, you know, if there's not a police officer, should they still just say, I need to call my mom? I, 
There's not a reason in the world not to do that. That okay. that shouldn't be the knee-jerk reaction is I want to call my mom. You right. want to you want to know that your kid's sitting in a principal's office. Right. Or, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my wife and I are both lawyers and we get a call from the principal's office, the first words out of our mouth are I don't suppose you're calling to tell me that uh, my client won or my child won an award. Right. And two don't ask them any questions until I get there. Good answer. Okay. okay. And you drop whatever you're doing because they're handle your kids it, yeah. and you go handle it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we uh, need to go to break again, but what do you want to cover when we get back? What do we talk next to uh, next regarding what to do when your kids get popped? You know, that I, I, we should talk a little bit about the things that, that you know, our, our instinct of when we were kids, this was not that big a deal and that those days are over and now everything's a big deal and we should we should talk about some of the specifics all right and we'll also take your calls here on the mom show the number is 651-641-1071 we'll be right back with jeff sheridan from sheridan and doulas welcome back to the mom show here on my talk 1071 also streaming at mytalk1071.com i'm miss shannon also in studio from sheridan and doulas jeff sheridan they're criminal defense attorney or, or one of the primary criminal defense attorneys at sheridan doulas and we always encourage people if you have any specific questions this is a great place for you to start you can call us but they can also call you directly and let me make sure this is a number it's 651-968-1249 is that oh, correct oh i think that's just one of those internet phone numbers the yeah. phone number is 651-686-8800 gotcha that's much easier 651-686-8800 gotcha right. yep and then they can also go to your website. I know it was nice and snazzy. About six months ago, you revamped it. I think you did. We it. did indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that is ssdpa.com, right? Correct. Right. Yep. And we'll make sure all of that information, of course, is also located on our mom show page. You can go to mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show, and get all the information about this show and previous shows. And just reminding people if you are in one of these scenarios, do not let the. I don't know. And are they going to judge me? And it's like, no, this is where you can get the advice that you need. So you should take a second instead of trying to figure it out yourself and navigate this for you and your family. Call, you know, some experts like the experts to share it and do less. Our whole business is designed uh, to try to help people out of tough situations. And so the fact that you're in a tough situation is not a reason to not call a lawyer. It's a reason to call a lawyer. And we always do free consultations. Um, you know, maybe it'll turn out to be nothing. Right. right? So, but, it, but again, you can start sleeping again at night instead of worrying about it. And one of the things you brought up on previous episodes, Jeff, is that often there are one, what seems like a small thing will happen and it will trigger other things that you wouldn't necessarily know are part of the process. So you think it might be something minor that it would happen to you or to your kid. And then it go, you go, well, that's just going to go away. They just had this one conversation. It's not a big deal, but it could be uh, one of those scenarios where unbeknownst to you or your kid, it starts this domino effect or something else that's floating around out there, which is which is leads into the the, the conversation that we're having today. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, when you talk to a police officer, police officers and prosecutors all think in terms of elements of crime. What's the thing they need to what's missing from this picture that that is a the a hole in our case right right and i so i tell my clients you shouldn't you know if you, if the police have called you up and they want you to come down for an interview you should never do that unless you have absolutely nothing to hide okay right don't go down there thinking you're going to outsmart somebody mm-hmm. right because it may be that the only thing missing from 
their case is, were you even in Minnesota that day? Right. Right. And so you think of that as a throwaway. Of course I was in Minnesota. I'm a Minnesotan. You know, you're, uh, you know, and what do you think? I'm a millionaire. I could be gone in the month of January. Of course I was here. Right. Right. And you don't know that that was the thing they needed to know Mm -hmm. was, were you even in the state of Minnesota that day? So I, again, I, I, I tell people all the time, unless you have lived a, 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 the life of a Boy Scout and have nothing to hide from the police, you should not be voluntarily going down to chat with them about whatever it is they want to know. And I think the other thing that we've learned, because we do all have our little Netflix series and we know that there is a great thirst in our society for watching these true crime shows, Sure, um, that sometimes people do make mistakes oh. and that things look a certain way and you every once in a while see somebody and I'm not saying that the, that the, the police or any of the system is terrible for, you know from oh, from this foundation doing their job. right and then sometimes you're like well this was all misunderstood and then you end right. up being the person that ends up down this road yes uh, and this rabbit hole because you were like I I didn't think I had anything to hide exactly and you know there's always in a in the police citizen relationship uh, there are two huge differentials. One of them is a perceived power differential. Okay. And that is that when an officer stops you and tells you you need to stay right here and answer my questions, that you believe that to be true. And, right. And stay right here is, in fact, true, but answer my questions is not. Right. All right. And then there's an information differential, and that is that they, by the time they're asking you these questions, probably know a lot more than you think they do. Maybe right. maybe somebody has told them X, Y, and Z, and they're just coming to confirm that with you. And they 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 aren't going to tell you what they know, right? Right, because this is part of the investigative process. And again, these are good, hardworking people who are out there doing the Lord's work and and yeah. and are absolutely doing their jobs. Um, but in our constitutional system, which is an accusatorial system of criminal justice. You have certain rights. It's not your job to prove you're innocent of anything. It's the state's job to prove you're guilty. Right. And they have to do that without your compelled assistance in the process. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we don't have the rack. We okay. don't, we're not allowed to torture, to extract confessions, that sort of stuff. So there is a system. It's designed in a particular way. And if you were, if you're, again, if your prefrontal cortex had been lit up enough to pay attention when you were in civics class, all of this stuff is stuff you learned right. in social studies, right? This mm-hmm. is all stuff you you sort of have in the back of your head, but you never have reason to call it forward until it's probably too late. Uh, well, Jeff, you were talking about perceptions. Do your clients and these families have this perception that if I'm cooperative, I'll look less guilty? Sure, all mm-hmm. of those, all of those socialization things that we've learned that's that's why we lawyers are unfit for polite companies <laughs> we, we we never think in those same norms right, right. We're, we're always on the defensive right as soon as your kid comes in and starts talking to you about their marriage you start thinking about their divorce right i mean we're just right. we are we're unfit for polite company and, but there's a reason why you exist and we yeah. might as well use that to our benefit so Every, we don't have to be that person absolutely everybody hates a lawyer right up until the moment you need Right. Right. And then we're the the thing you need. So So that's why it's so great to have you as that (laughs) safety net. The answer is always, I have somebody, you know, talk to my person. Absolutely. If nothing else, you can be like they are on television. We're just like, nope, you need to talk to my, my, 
Pass my attorney. You're, 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 you you see that these are dangerous waters, and and it's you know actually when we talk about kids, the thing mm-hmm. I I always like to talk to parents about is what I call the dangerous decade. Okay. Um, you know, kids born in this country are are you know have a huge advantage, right? I mean they. They were born, they looked up, they saw, you know, fluorescent lights instead of the, the roof of a mud hut. Correct. Right. And yes. they're like, awesome. <laughs> I was, you know, and so you, you start with this huge advantage, literally with a hundred percent of the world's opportunities at your feet. Right. Um, and then you hit about the age of 15 for boys. Yes. And maybe a little younger, maybe 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just start chipping away. At that hundred percent of opportunities, <laughs> okay, right? Right. So you know, and it's especially dangerous for boys because, like I said, their their prefrontal cortex generally isn't all the way lit up until they're twenty five years old. Right. So it's that decade between their fifteenth birthday and their twenty fifth birthday that we parents are are just praying and keeping our fingers crossed <laughs> that they don't do anything that is going to, you know, really, really do nothing irreparable, irreparable is going to happen. Right. Right. And so, you know, and, and kids out there, if you're listening, you know, your parents are watching out for you. You need to, you need to know that deep down They're they're only looking out for your best interests, you know? So I always talk to folks, you know, parents, I'm like, You know, your kid is 18 and maybe they like that Mike Tyson tattoo around the eyeball (laughs) thing. And and you you ask yourself, you know, the question of what percentage of the world's opportunities just disappeared when you put a visible tattoo coming out of your collar around your eyeball. I mean, yeah, you can still get a job as an MMA fighter, but if you're not that guy, are you going to get a job in the in the C suite of Wells Fargo? Right, and it, the answer is probably, probably not. not. Right, and so, you know, I you know I have friends whose kids are a little older than mine, and so they're in the piercing phases. So yep. it's like going well. It's like, well, do you need to have all the piercings? You know, what? could we just throttle back on a few of the piercings? Exactly. And I'm like, well, if they wouldn't hire me this way, I don't want to work for them today. But what are you going to think? Right. You well, know? When that's you got not a the kid way to the, feed, what right, are you going to think about that? That's not the way the, that? Work, the world works. Yeah. So some of these things you kind of need to throttle back on. So we, we spend our lives trying to keep that percentage as close to, or that decade anyway, as close to 100% as we possibly can. So you ask yourself, all right, what does the tattoo around the eyeball, what percentage am I down to now? Right. Ask yourself this question. My first felony conviction. Right. Has that 100% of the world's opportunities just turned into 50%? Have we, have we truly eliminated half of all of the opportunities that that child was ever going to have right. at a time when, frankly, they didn't have sense enough to avoid it themselves? Well, one of the things that we brought up on the, uh, on the episode the last that when Deanne was here as well is we were talking about the, uh, the way that some laws have criminalized things that people don't realize. You yep. know, and one of the things you brought up is we were talking about marijuana a couple of uh, episodes ago and where it seems like it's just minor or it's something or you in, in general go, well, I am pro this right. so I can make a statement about it. And that's fine and dandy to be pro something, but that still isn't going to absolve you from having a criminal charge. And as you said, often a felony. Correct. Yeah. You know, so you going, well, it should be this. 
Right. has nothing to do with the reality. Well, I tell, as I tell all my clients or anyone who will listen, you know, there may be <laughs> such a thing as a non-criminal amount of marijuana to possess. Right. But there's no such thing as a non-criminal marijuana transaction. Okay. So if you bought the marijuana, if you sold the marijuana, even if you give the marijuana away, that's a transaction. Okay. And while the possession of it may have been a petty misdemeanor, the transaction is a felony. So you're saying even if my kid was at a party and he brought it and and then distribute it just thinking he was just going to share it. Share it. Yep. That seems harmless. You're going to share it with your friends. It's, That's it was, not. It was the word you first chose. Okay. Distributed it. Okay. Right? <laughs> yes. and, that is, and distribute is given this huge, broad definition of sell, you know, give away. Uh, and so, yeah, you, I mean, you know, I, I, I've just, my wife just dealt with a case where the, the, the uh, person had given uh, drugs to uh, their, their, uh, uh, significant other right. uh, who got high and wandered out into the Minnesota winter uh, and and froze to death. Oh, out goodness, in the, yeah. And, and so this guy is getting prosecuted for third-degree murder for having given the drugs that led, you know, the chain of events, that right. began that chain of events. So they're also, like I said, <laughs> we spend our lives learning all about this stuff uh, take a minute to talk with us. We, like I said, we're, we're we give free consultations. It's it's worth it. All right. Well, come. we are going to go into our final break, and we come back. We're going to go over some of those things that sure. we probably learned in civics class, <laughs> but probably forgot as well. So we'll cover that and help you uh, d- travel the roads and uh, with what to do when your kids get popped. Absolutely. Yes. Thanks to Jeff Sheridan over at Sheridan and Dulas. We'll be right back here on the Mom Show. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk One Hundred Seven. Also available at mytalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon. Also in studio, Jeff Sheridan from Sheridan and Dulas, our favorite criminal defense attorney. Uh, and, you know, and I don't just say that because I, I know you and you're the only one I know. Um, you are. And you, you do uh, provide a lot of great resources. We encourage people to be part of the Mom Show. If they have any questions, they can call us at 651-641-1071. I was talking to um, a local legislator about some things, and they were talking about one of the initiatives that she wanted to do was try to make it mandatory again to have civics lessons in school um have like a whole like semester on these things and i was kind of torn because i don't want to keep our teachers you know i don't want to put burdens on our teachers and put those rules but i could understand her methodology and her and why she wanted to do that because there are a lot of things that are those basic civil rights that we don't always cover Right. You know, yeah, or we don't. We, yeah. And we and we, t- and we tend to take for granted and, and we don't you don't really think about it. I mean, I, the problem with with doing it in, you know, grade school and, and uh, high school is that, again, where our kids are not really in a mind set that they want to learn it. It's drudgery. Right. Uh, for them. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, if you want to be if you want to move to this country from another country and become a citizen. Yes. You actually have to take a test. Right. All right. The citizenship test where you're expected to know uh, all of these things about the Constitution. And and frankly, it's funny that our immigrant community is actually better informed right. uh, on our on the the what it is that makes America America than the people who are born and raised here. Right. So, so I, I mean, I'm all in favor of everybody taking civics and learning all about the Constitution of this great country. Well, what are the real things that we have um, as rights versus what we might have 
gleaned from some TV show out there. <laughs> Which is the mostly where we learn things. Exactly. Unfortunately. <laughs> right. Uh, what know, is the it, reality versus what I learned from sure. watching an episode of Cops? You know, <laughs> if you ever watch an episode of Cops, you probably know a couple of things. First of all, you have the right to remain silent. Right. Right. And if that same uh, that same right extends not just the citizens of the United States, but any person in the United States. It, it extends not only to adults, but to children as well. Right. Uh, and so your child does not have to answer the principal's questions, does not have to answer uh, the, you know, the, the liaison officer's questions. Uh, and oftentimes it's a good idea not to. Right. Um, you know, and, and maybe it's just that things look bad or whatever. I mean, or maybe they in fact are bad. Right. Uh, but oftentimes it's a bad idea to answer questions. Uh, the second thing is, is that you don't have to let the police officer search. They don't, you don't have to let them search your car. I will tell you there's been more uh, focus on that of late because okay. that is a sort of a knee jerk reaction. Okay. Well, it turns out, sir, you, I guess your license plates, uh, are valid. My mistake. Um, would you mind if I search your car? Did you have any drugs in your car? Do you mind if I search? And I, I mean, you're at the end of a license plate encounter. Why, Why? on earth yeah. are we having this conversation? And again, the police will make you feel, because they're the person in the you know that in the power differential that that have the power to con- to detain you there um, will that make you, you feel like you have to right and it couldn't be further from the truth. So if you pay attention in in civics <laughs> class, uh, you'd know that they can't search without a warrant or without your consent. So if you withhold your consent, and we'd talked in the prior episodes about this sort of. The thing to help you throughout any police encounter is to keep asking the question, do I have to? Right. Right. And you're not being a jerk. We're not saying being confrontational. No, Mm-mm. you can be as polite as pie about right. that. But but ask the question, do I have to do that? Right. Uh, and if the answer to the question is no. And oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to be late for work. So, no, I don't want you tossing my car. Right. Um, so, no. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, the cops then in a, in a position where he's either got to decide he's got probable cause to support some sort of suspicion that you, you do have drugs in the car or there's a dead body in the trunk or something. Right. Uh, or he doesn't yes. and, and move on. Um, and the, like I said, that doesn't have to be impolite. It doesn't have to be confrontational, but absolutely the, you know, the, the words to remember, if you didn't remember everything in civics classes, <laughs> do I have to? Because right. trust me, the cops had, has, he has been to civics class. Right. He knows what he does and doesn't have to do and what he can and can't do without your consent. Right. Well, what about when it comes to me and my child? What is guaranteed? Well, the, the, the thing to keep in mind, and Minnesota's uh, got, you know, certain rules that apply to juveniles, but, uh, you know, again, there's almost never a circumstance where you can't interrupt an, an interview and say, the interview's over and I'm, we're leaving. Right. Okay. Um, my, you know, the, the, what it takes to detain a child uh, is quite high and requires judicial intervention. It requires a judge to say, yeah, you're you're going to be allowed to detain uh, the child okay. w- without the parent sleeping over in the bunk bed next to him. Um, uh, so uh, by and large, you can end the, the encounter. If you get a call that your kid's uh, uh, talking or, or, you know, sitting in the police department or sitting in the principal's office, you should absolutely 
insist that this that you stop talking to my child now i'll be there i will be there Mm -hmm. it may take me an hour and a half it may take me three hours to be there but whatever it is doesn't matter right we're done you're done talking to my kid okay good to know all right and just like, no, but we wanted to, or we're trying to find this out. None of that matters. Yep. Just stop until I get there. And there may be some sort of emergency circumstance where they can, they can tell you no. Okay. That, you know, we're, we, we have, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, a hostage crisis and your kid know, may know where this kid is located. And so we need to continue the questioning So we thing. need to, because there's an, and there are, so there are rules in, in criminal procedure to deal with these types of emergencies. Uh, but by and large, if this is about, you know, somebody had, you know, uh, uh, saw some pot in some kid's uh, car or the glove box or whatever, you know what I mean? And they think maybe your kid knows about it. Right. It's no, you stop asking my kid questions. Right. Okay. Uh, well, it'll wait until I get down there. And that's, I, I think, the the instinct that a parent should have is to tell the state actors, right? The principal, right. The, the police officer, y'all just need to pump the brakes. Okay. Okay. This is not. A crisis. This is not something that needs to be dealt with now. And I need to be there with my child. And if you don't like the direction that things are going, you simply say, you know what? We're going to talk to a lawyer. We'll call you later. Okay. But we're leaving now. And you have the right to leave. When you're talking about the uh, perceptions that we mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, should you, you know, are you, if, because I know you get so caught up in the moment. If you go, no, we're leaving. Are you, should you be concerned that maybe somewhere down the road it'll look like maybe there was more of a problem because you decided to go? Well, and uh, people ask about this all the time, right? Is mm-hmm. that, you know, the the Fifth Amendment, uh, the right uh, against self-incrimination, right. that part of the Fifth Amendment, uh, says that not only do you not have the obligation uh, to provide this information, but that if you choose not to, that the, the state does not get to use that as a cudgel okay. against you. Uh, down the road Mm -hmm. so your um you know (laughs) they they get into some so you're okay to sit there and go you know what this is just stressing my kid out we don't need to be in the scenario we're going home they can't go later and go well they decided to leave and they were uncooperative and so it makes me look worse or my child look worse so do you actually have a constitutional right if the exercise of that right can also be used as evidence of your guilt fair enough and okay that's that's where the arguments of lawyers are look he, he had the right not to answer questions you're not going to be able to use the fact that he exercised that right as evidence of his guilt. And so, no, it's it is perfectly a perfectly legitimate thing for any person to say, I'm going to exercise my right to keep my mouth shut. I will recommend that if you're going to do that, that you say, say these words on the front end on the advice of my lawyer. Got you. OK, I'm done answering questions. OK, so. So, you know, what are so there's only a very few extraordinary circumstances where people can do can keep you there. Correct. If you decide you want to go, is what you're saying. So it could happen. I'm talking about with our children. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. Right. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Grown ups are a different different ball game. Okay. And you you may well, you know what? You may well find yourself sitting in the jail cell overnight. Okay. uh, When you decide you're going to exercise your right to keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Um, But the alternative is, is you're going to give them all the evidence they want to use in your upcoming trial. 
And so it's a tough choice, and nobody wants to spend the night in jail. And trust me, the police know this, right? And they will use that as a bargaining chip. And you're like, look, uh, you know, you tell me what I want to know, I'll, uh, you know, we'll release you now, and you can head for home. Uh, but you know, it's a rough game, right? Um, you know, it, but but you do have a choice. Well, Jeff, as we wrap up today, as a parent. What's the, the, the to, just to sum up, what should I really be looking at most if something happens and I'm in the scenario with my, my kid? I just, I would urge everyone to keep in mind that the, the uh, what we thought of as kids as being no big deal, mm-hmm. right? Having a pocket knife in your car at right. school, right? Was not a big deal. And today it's, it's a whole different world. And access to information is completely out of control. All right, everyone, we encourage you to get some advice. If you need any any information, make sure you contact Sheridan and Dulles at ssdpa.com. You can also go to our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword mom.